0: You are listening to Gone But Never Forgotten. Our topics can include, but are not limited to, murder, sexual assault, graphic and gruesome details, and more. These topics are adult in nature and are not meant for everyone. Listener discretion is advised. When we are children, we are warned of stranger danger. We are told that we should not speak to strangers, should not approach vehicles of people that try to talk to us, and we are trained to be aware and safe in our surroundings at all times. As parents, our most pressing fear is that all it takes is a moment for one of our babies to be taken from us and perhaps never returned. All it really takes is for an evil person to see a small opportunity to commit an awful act, and then you are left with a lifetime of wondering what happened to your sweet child, and you are left sleepless, wondering whether that child is alive or has passed on. That is what we're going to discuss this week. We are going to discuss a tragic set of circumstances that led to a six-year-old girl going missing, and she is still missing to this day. We are also going to discuss a mother who has gone above and beyond to help people like herself. Hello, my name is Lance, and welcome to episode 73 of Gone But Never Forgotten, Snatched in Plain Sight, The Morgan Nick Story. Morgan Nick was born on September 12th of 1988 to her parents John and Colleen Nick, and she was their firstborn child. The family lived in Ozark, Arkansas when she was born. She was a quiet and shy little girl who was also a member of the Girl Scouts of America. Morgan was also said to be very crafty. On the night of June 9th of 1995, a friend of the family would invite them out to attend a Little League baseball game in Alma, Arkansas, which was about a 30-minute drive for the family from home. Colleen and Morgan decided that they would go and make a girls' date out of it. Looking back, Colleen remembers that it was a warm night and that the two of them were having a lot of fun. At various times throughout the night, a couple of Morgan's friends would ask her if she wanted to come and play with them. But Morgan kept saying that she wanted to stay and hang out with her mom. At around 10.30 p.m., though, her friends would ask Morgan again if she wanted to come with them, as they were going to try and catch fireflies. This time, Morgan asked her mom if she could go. At first, Colleen said no but Morgan and her friends would plead with her to let them play. Colleen's friends said also that their kids played in the field all the time and that it was safe for them, even in the dark. When Colleen finally agreed to let Morgan go, she gave her mom a big hug and a kiss on the cheek and then left with her friends. Colleen would tell Morgan to stay where she could see her, and she says that at first she could see the girls playing in the field There was only about 50 yards away. However, at about 10.45, when the baseball game came to an end, Morgan and her friends would all go to the parking lot and be dumping the sand out of their shoes. The friends would then return to the baseball diamond, but Morgan was not with them. They told Colleen that they had seen her emptying her shoes near a car, and Colleen assumed that that must have meant her car. Colleen would head to the parking lot to meet up with Morgan, but unfortunately when she arrived at the parking lot, Morgan was not there, and she has not been seen or heard from since. Within a few minutes, everyone else that had been at the game was getting into their cars and leaving and Colleen knew that something awful had happened. She knew that Morgan was not the type of girl to just wander off on her own. Colleen would start panicking and talking to people. One of the coaches would come and try to help Colleen out and started to question Morgan's friends as well. The coach would ask the children if they were alone when they were playing in the field, and they would tell him that they remembered seeing a creepy-looking man that was talking to them and watching Morgan, and they also remembered seeing a red pickup truck that was parked close by. Witnesses would say that the red truck had left at roughly the time that Morgan was last seen. The coach pulled out his phone and called 911 immediately, and law enforcement was on the scene and started a massive search within six minutes of, of the phone call. The search would not turn up anything in the way of evidence, really, though. Uh, Things like cigarettes and bottles were gathered from the area. The story would hit the media, and posters were posted everywhere. It did not take long for the state police and the FBI to get involved, as everyone realized the gravity of the situation. A six-year-old girl was clearly taken, and time was of the essence. Colleen would stay at a volunteer fire station that was located directly next to the Alma Police Department for six weeks because she wanted to be close to the police and close to the place that Morgan had gone missing from in case anything came up. Colleen would say that there is nothing in life that compares compares to or prepares you for losing your child. She said that it didn't even feel real entirely at first because everything was happening so fast. She also said that she felt instantly like everyone was in her corner, but then that over time, that slowly started to change. She tried really hard to push for Morgan's story to become national news instead of just a regional thing. As she pushed in every direction to get more eyes and ears on the story, She also started to get phone calls from other parents of other children who had gone missing. And that was when she realized that there was not a lot of organizations nor resources in place for people like her who had been left heartbroken and alone when their sons or daughters went missing. She realized that there was a much bigger need afoot that was well beyond just her own situation. She started to change from the shy lady that she had always been into a woman that quickly became a leading activist for missing children all across the United States. In 1996, one year after Morgan had gone missing, Colleen would establish the Morgan Nick Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to helping families who have missing children. Having personally known the hell that having a missing child can be, she wanted to ensure that other families would have some help if they found themselves in a similar situation. The Morgan Nick Foundation focuses on intervention, education, and legislation with regards to missing children. They have done presentations now for tens of thousands of children to teach them about cyber safety, sex trafficking, stranger danger, and anything that is pertinent to try and educate our children about how to avoid predators. The Foundation had even been instrumental in bringing many children safely home that had gone missing. Police were looking, and seemingly are still looking, to talk to the man that was seen in the field that night to see if there is any connection to Morgan and her disappearance. The story that was told by the children about the man was also mentioned by other witnesses that night, and he was described as follows back in 1995. He was between 23 and 38 years of age, and he was roughly 6 feet tall. He had a medium build, weighing about 180 pounds, and he had curly, slicked-back black or salt-and-pepper hair. He also had a mustache, a one-inch beard, and a hairy chest. In the field, he was wearing cut-off blue jean shorts and no shirt or shoes. He was said to speak with a very southern accent, and he has never been identified. We will be sharing a composite sketch on our socials and also on the YouTube video for this episode. There was also the red pickup truck that was described as being at the scene and then leaving around the time when Morgan went missing. It's unknown if the man that we just described and the truck were connected. However, it was described as follows. It was a dull red, older Ford model of pickup truck with a white camper shell. The camper was possibly damaged and witnesses said that it was four or five inches too short for the truck. The windows of the truck were covered with curtains, and it was believed to have had Arkansas license plates. The truck has also never been seen or identified by anyone after this crime. It is largely believed that there was a connection between two other attempted abductions around the same time that Morgan was taken. In the morning hours of June 9th, the same day, a four-year-old girl would be pulled into a truck outside of a laundromat also in Elma. In that case, thankfully, her mom heard her daughter screaming and was able to grab her daughter from the truck. The described attempted abductor was said to fit the description of the man that was seen in the field when Morgan went missing. A day later, a man tried to force a nine-year-old girl into the men's washroom at a store in Fort Smith, Arkansas, which was only 15 miles away. When she fought back, the man let her go, but he was also described as fitting that same description from Morgan's case and the case outside of the laundromat. At the time of her disappearance, Morgan was approximately four feet tall and weighed approximately 50 pounds. She had blonde hair and blue eyes. Morgan had five visible caps on her molar teeth, and she was last seen wearing a green Girl Scout T-shirt, blue denim shorts, and white tennis shoes. Over the years, the investigation has turned up thousands of leads, but still nothing in terms of solid evidence that will bring Morgan home or bring the abductor to justice. There is a 60000 U.S. dollar reward in the case for the recovery of Morgan Nick and the identification, arrest, and conviction of the person or people involved in that abduction. Morgan's disappearance has also been featured on America's Most Wanted, The Oprah Winfrey Show, and even on Extreme Home Makeover Home Edition when her family was given a new home when their water heater exploded and destroyed their home. Police do continue to investigate this case. In January of 2002, police would receive a tip that Morgan was buried on a specific property that was near Boonville, Arkansas. Hours were spent at the location digging, and a police dog was also used. No trace of Morgan was found, though. In June of 2012, two convicted felons, Tanya Smith and James Monhart, were arrested for computer fraud when they attempted to assume the identity of Morgan. Tanya had tried to log on online to purchase the birth certificate and other papers for Morgan by forging her own identity. Police, though, do not believe that the two were involved in Morgan's actual disappearance. In 2017, police went to a property in Spiro, Oklahoma. A search was completed by the FBI and the Oklahoma State Bureau of Investigation along with local police. The main spot that was being checked was a well on the property because when cadaver dogs were on the property, they alerted to the well. The property had also been searched seven years earlier because it belonged to a person of interest in Morgan's disappearance. The man is presently in prison on other charges, but even though he is a person of interest, he has not been officially named a suspect, nor will he speak about the case of Morgan Nick at all. A documentary covering the case came out in April of 2021 that was titled Still Missing Morgan and it aired in Arkansas. Interestingly, a lot of video and photo evidence was shown that had not previously been shown to the public, and one of the things was a picture of the truck believed to be at the center of the case, that red truck was that was at the game. Based on the photo, it's now believed that the truck may actually be a Chevrolet, perhaps an S10 or a Silverado. In November of 2021, police would say that Billy Jack Lynx was a person of interest in the case because he had driven a red pickup truck that looked like the one that was seen where Morgan had gone missing. Lynx passed away in the year 2000, but it has been said that fibers found in his truck were a close match for those from Morgan's t-shirt that she was wearing when she was taken. Now. Morgan Nick would be 35 years old, and her family does still believe that she is alive. There are generally a few reported sightings of Morgan across the United States every year, and that leads everyone to believe that there is hope still in this case, and in her safe return to her family. It's very possible that if she is alive, she may not know any longer who she is or where she came from, or perhaps that she is being held captive still, against her will, by someone that took her or someone that she wound up with. If you are out there and you know of someone that sounds like or looked like the man in the sketch back in 1995, then please make a call and see if you can help police possibly get something on their radar that hasn't been there before. If you know someone that owned a truck that looks like the one that we mentioned as well, please contact authorities. It's never too late, and if Morgan is still alive, she deserves to be reunited with her family. As we always say, there are people out there that know what happened to young Morgan Nick, and if you do, you certainly owe it to her to come forward with whatever you know. You can change lives with that kind of information. If you know anything, please call the Alma Police Department at 479-632-3333, the Morgan Nick Foundation at 1-877-543-4673, or the National Center for Missing Children at 1-800-THE-LOST. In closing, I want to share the mission statement and vision of the Morgan Nick Foundation. They are dedicated to preventing crimes against children and adults through programs that educate, empower, and unite families and communities. They have a drive to be an organization that is recognized by the public and by law enforcement as a leading resource in the prevention of missing and exploited children, as well as a source for family crisis management when a child goes missing. I wanna give a huge shout out to Colleen who has turned a negative and incredibly awful experience in her own life into a drive to help so many other people who are going through that same situation. Colleen, if you are ever listening to this, please know that you are a superhero, and undoubtedly you are a superhero in the eyes of millions of other people as well. I hope that one day you get answers, and I hope from the bottom of my heart that Morgan is also found alive. That is where we'll leave the show for this week. Thank you again for listening and joining me on this journey. Each and every one of you are appreciated greatly. Please come talk with me on any of our socials about this case or other cases. And if you like what you hear, please sign up on Patreon and help the show in any way that you can. I'll see you all back here next week as we discuss another case. In the meantime, take care and be better.